Welcome back to another episode of the Kicking It With Evo podcast. Today I have with me my boy Brandon Batagin and his cousin Justin Corpus from the Wealthy Family Financial and Insurance. Um, how's it going, guys? Thanks for joining me on the podcast. All good, brother. All good, man. Yeah. Good to be here. Good to be here. Justin's over here laughing at me because I threw on my late night radio voice. And uh, I think his panties got a little. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I know we just met. Um, and uh, you probably never heard my podcast, but I don't edit. So whatever is said is going on the Internet. So if you don't want people to hear it, don't say it. Got you. Well, I'm going to be very mindful of what I say. <laughs> and I'm not, so we can get all the real things. <laughs> we'll get real deep. All right, so um, you might hear some pauses in the podcast. Uh, you might hear some oohs and ahs. That's because we got the fights on right now. Um, fights came on a little early, and I paid fucking $75 for a pay-per-view, so I'm not missing it. All right, so just bear with us. This isn't a fight talk, though. We're going to be talking about some real-life stuff that everyone needs to know about. Financial literacy. Buzzword. Um, these guys are, oh, more so Justin, is a guru on this stuff. So whenever we get to that part of the podcast, listen up, grab pen and paper, open up your iPhone notes, uh, and take notes. You Android users, sorry. I don't know if y'all have notes on your phone or not. But how's uh how's everyday life be? How's that new married life treating you? Married life's four months now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blessing to be real. Baby, I know, I know you here. You you gonna watch this. Love you, Karina talking. Um anyway, <laughs> but no, nah, it's it's a blessing. Everything has its challenges in life, but you get through it. Um hopefully we'll have one on the way coming uh a few months who knows we'll figure it out figure that out little brandon jr what's happening yeah bro uh you're already uh you're already good pops already man with uh xavier yeah xavier xavier will always be my firstborn man you know what i mean um just trying to guide him to be a, a legit man you know not one of these soft ones that's out there nowadays man, man what when at the wedding when you said when he said He's not my stepdad. He's my step up dad. And everyone got in the field, dude. Everyone, man. Give me right now, man. <laughs> hey, funny thing. You mentioned that. I literally told Brandon the same thing uh, Thursday night. He, he dropped me off back in American Canyon after practice. And I was like, man, when Xavier said that at the wedding, like, I, I was crying, crying. I, I, grew up, I grew up with a stepdad. Like, my real dad was never there. Like I could count on one hand the number of times I've seen it, but I had my stepdad. And uh, I look over at one of the toughest guys I know, and he's over there wiping his tears, crying. I'm like, oh, yeah, he touched everybody. I saw all the tissues, everyone. Everyone was tearing up, man. So he had one of the best speeches out there. So, yeah. Well, my boy should uh should really look into being like an actor or a public speaker, man. He's uh, He has a gift for Gab and he likes being in front of the crowd, but I guess he might have picked that one up for me. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, Brandon got mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> or a talk too much mouthpiece. Sometimes it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah man. Um, so first off, since Diva, you a Saints fan? 
<laughs> how you uh how you feeling about having our you know prodigal son going on y'all well as a saints fan and as a shout out Derek Carr a fan of a team that needs a quarterback you know Jameis cool and I think we could win with Jameis but he he's injury prone and uh the Raiders didn't show love to Carr, and Oakland don't show love to their people. Um, Vegas is a shithole. <laughs> he had to come down to New Orleans to get some real love, some sudden hospitality, and we'll welcome him and every other free agent player that we just got with open arms and beignets. And beignets. Yeah, you saw the video of, uh, who was it? Jamal or somebody, one of the new players we just signed. Uh, could not say beignet for nothing in the world hey hilarious yeah right he had had an evie uh beanie on too from pokemon it's funny because i've been on pokemon go lately matter of fact i need to log in now see if they got some pokestops around yeah oh y'all uh Non nerds could turn the podcast off now and just don't and come back in like 20 minutes when we start talking about financial stuff. But <laughs> nerd now. Y'all. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, let's get close. A little technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen, but we work through it. Like we work through everything in life. There's no success without struggle. There's no diamonds without pressure. You roll with the punches. Just like in boxing. There's no, I just caught a slow poke. (laughs) (laughs) Can't make a baby without some pounding. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this podcast. I think that's the best one right now. This podcast is PG-18. Do not let your kids listen, all right? FTK. It's not, <laughs> not for the kids today. It's not for the kids. This, <laughs> you know, that's the first time. What? Can't make a baby without some pounding? <laughs> True story. <laughs> so, uh, some of my listeners know Brandon already. You know, he pulls up at T4L quite often. That's when we met. Um, he's a black belt in Kajakimbo, avid competitor. He likes to surf, long walks on the beach with his wife, ladies. I'm sorry he's married. Um, but Justin, do you train any martial arts? Um, I trained man, all my life up until about 17, 18. Then I got into college, played college ball, transferred back out, went to NBC, and transferred back out to TSU East Bay. Then Worked with Brandon at Coles, loss prevention, hmm. and uh, worked in uh, personal training. Train. I mean, I just uh, I, I had a love for uh, fitness ever since I left football, you know. Um, and then, yeah, man. And then after personal training, I got into finance, and so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. So when you say loss prevention, were you and Brandon like? Running behind would be thieves and kicking them in the head and stuff, or now see, I'd get in front of um, them, get in front of them and kick them in the head. Oh, uh, yeah, but I mean, they would see the foot wrap around. No, I'd get a side kick, Sean Michaels, sweet chin music. Yeah, it was, it was Vallejo, man. Like, no, I'm not stopping nobody. You can take whatever you want from the stuff. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You can have it. 
That's some crazy stories. Guns pulled on him. Yes, guns pulled guns. on him. Oh, yeah. This one Coles? Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one dude, he let his pit bull out to try to chase me out to kick a dog. I felt bad. Yeah, this is crazy, dude. Like, FTD? We, we, were, <laughs> we were chasing after this dude, and then, man, I, I remember like it was yesterday. It was like we were chasing after this dude, and he said, said, yeah, yeah. He said, "Back the fuck up," and then he pulled out his gun. Damn! Right, like it was crazy. So, man, bro, it was just. uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, time to go to personal training." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, a little bit safer. Yeah, conversation we had right after that. Um, Yeah, it is not worth it, but I mean, I'm happy we got out of doing all that now. Um, because. Anybody can steal. It's California. It's a, a lot of people got guns. Yeah. And a lot of bad attitudes, especially in Vallejo. Yeah. You say it was Vallejo, right? Yeah, it was in Vallejo. Yeah. Poles right there next to Red Locker and Best Buy and all that. That was crazy, man. I mean, we have a lot. <laughs> we had a lot of memories uh, over with that. It was just so much stuff going on over there. How did you, uh, I'm not going to say slip up. Because that sounds bad. That's like accidentally getting a chick pregnant, like you slipped up. You, how did you, how did finance find you? How did finance find me? So, actually, yeah, when I was in uh, personal training, I did that for about three, four years, maybe closer. But um, I had a mentor, and he was he had he was making six figures as a regional manager and all that, right? And then. Uh, and then from there, like he actually ended up leaving. He put him in his two weeks, and that's when I reached out to him. And I was like, "Well, what are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm working in finance, right?" And so they shared some of the information that they had. And I was like, "Dude, I was never taught this. Like, why doesn't everyone know mm-hmm. this?" You know, it's like, man, everyone needs to know about that. That that's why that's where I developed my passion because it's like. There's things out here like this. There's upside potential, downside protection, mm-hmm. you know, like, and there's ways you can protect your family. It's just, you know, it, it, it made sense to me. Everything clicked all at once. And so then from there, um, I kind of just developed my craft I developed my craft, read the books, uh, did the research, designed the proper, properly structured, like uh, policies, all of those different things, man. It was just kind of diving into the craft and knowing more about all the different strategies that are into it. But not only that, I got into it with, it was trading. Like I got into option trading. I got into reading stock charts. I got into all that and like all the analyticals, all the technical analysis, all of that. And I got super, super in depth. And so it's just, I think uh, the financial literacy portion of it was super, super important to me because just developing developing myself and developing just my overall financial literacy is, is you know froze. Yeah, yeah that makes sense so um so anyways i mean like yeah so i had a mentor he left and then I followed went to the same company and then from there honestly like taught me a lot he taught me a lot oh he taught me a lot with uh the yeah. no. oh, you good? No, keep on. Oh, yeah. So he taught me a lot with uh the sales portion of, of everything, 
And um, I learned that, but I was more so uh, into all of the financial side, whether it be like IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, looking at, I remember sitting down with Brandon, we looked over his portfolio, making sure he didn't take any excessive fees, right? Sometimes within these qualified plans, like they enroll you into these plans, mm -hmm. but they don't really educate you on the plan. Mm -hmm. They just show you, hey, comes out of your paycheck every couple of weeks. And then from there, th that's all they know. Right. They, they don't know what they're invested into. They don't know how much is coming out. They don't know that they're going to pay taxes. They don't know that there's going to be penalties. You know, like, and then the problems with just taking loans from it as well, too. Okay. You know, so it's just, it's, uh, you know, and there's always, my thing is, is you, you always want to be able to diversify and layer your assets. Yeah. It's not... It's not a one trick pony. It's not going to be a this or that type of conversation. It's more so like how can you layer different assets within each other to create something that's conducive to what your goals are? That makes sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, that's the thing that people get so black and white and like, it's like, no, it's only this product or it's only this policy. It's only this. No, it's like, okay, you can have that and that too. It's like that scarcity mindset. Right. So, right. so it's like, we just got to be able to kind of break from that mindset, you know? So that, that, I mean, that's the biggest thing is what I noticed is like, this is better than that. Always, always something. There's always a battle, whether if it's on social media, whether if it's on a blog or whatever, right? It's like, just layer your assets together and then you create something that's special for you. Right. Right. Not, not necessarily like, Oh, go with this and only this, right? It's, it just becomes so black and white. That's all, you know. And I get super passionate about it. I, obviously, I can rant forever about this stuff, but, but you know, you know how it can be. Um, it's just people need to know about this information. People need to be educated. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's people just are so skeptical. Yeah, because like it's just like, look. You can't have everything. Not everything is going to be a scam. Not everything is going to be. You, you seek out the information. Information will be given. Right. That's that's going to be the biggest thing. It's like. You got to be able to be open minded, because if you're so closed off and you're not going to be open to it. Right. It's like, oh, what, but that's that goes back to the childhood and the conditioning. Right. It's like, well, my my parents taught me this, this and this. And it's only this way. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you kind of break from that mindset? and open your mind to other options right right because like like yes that's one way to do it right they they were successful with that one way but there's also other ways there's multiple ways to skin a cat yeah and that way yeah. might not work for you yeah like, i don't so, cook 100 the same way my mom cooked yeah her way works i cook that way but i learned some other shit as i grew up and moved and seen other things in life yeah yeah make perfect sense yeah and so and so that's what it is it's just like there's multiple ways to skin a cat. That's all. And it's all about the financial literacy. I mean, I can go on and on. And Brandon, I mean, if you've got some things to say about that too, because, you know, I mean, me and him, we talk, we talk, we can talk forever and we can get super nerdy about all the different types of things yeah. that we talk about, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, Brandon, you got some, some stuff to say about that. Well, I mean, just to go off what you're saying with not everything that you were taught works for you, right? It doesn't matter if it's health, economy, martial education, arts. martial arts. 
what was originally taught from our parents or what they learned may not apply because if they grew up in the 80s and 70s, it's 2023. Mm -hmm. So we have a very different outlook on how our finances should be or how our health should be, how we're cooking our diet and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So when people are very closed off to different or new information, especially that we're trying to bring to the public, um, you know, I've had some of my good friends just tell me straight up, that's a scam. Well, not necessarily. You haven't learned it. Right. Not everything, like you said, is a scam. Um, I mean, that that's really it. I mean, there's multiple ways we could do things. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about, me and Justin talk about, um, and everybody from our team that for the presentations that we yeah. do, um, the Rockefellers. It's a great example of something that's not necessarily taught when you're in high school or in college, for that matter, any economics class, right? It's building your own ecosystem within your family, your own bank within your family. Okay. So that, you know, we always say keep the wealth in the family, right? Keep the money in the family. Right. Right? So we always talk about, well, why not learn how to do it on a grand scale so that your grandkids, not just your kids, but your grandkids and your great grandkids and everything like that, we can start building generational wealth and help accumulate that and that's one of the big things that um justin and i and our team we 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 really focus on the service of helping people yeah. um because not everybody's like that in our business so like for me personally i got started pandemic right yeah i had i had to work graveyard shifts what am i going to do on a graveyard shift right i need to learn about money why is the economy doing what it's doing? Why is my money taking this big jump? And why is it taking this big dip? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, me and uh, Justin and I have been talking over. I have got some information on policies and everything like that. Cash value life insurance policies, um, something that we specialize in. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, yeah. But it's it's something where we can protect and not tax. You know, one of the things like when I post. I have a hashtag that says divorce the IRS. Uh, I won't pay no taxes when I'm not working no more. Yeah. Do you? No. You know I, mean? I don't pay them now. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for real. And that, that's the biggest thing is like, we even talk about it in our educational seminars. It's like, there's the wealth gap, right? Why does the wealth gap exist? It's because people, they're small minority group on majority of the wealth, mm -hmm. right? They know methodologies strategies that we don't know the lower middle class middle class right so it, the thing is is what we're doing right what's the definition of insanity just keep doing what we're doing and expecting a different result right right yeah. so we got to be able to kind of open our mind and see what other options there are right and there's there's like i said different ways to skin a cat and building that ecosystem like brandon was saying is it's all about strategy and when he talks about cash value life insurance, people are going to, when people just hear insurance, oh, it's just that, right? And so, like, there's a stigma about insurance, yeah. right? It's a small, cheap premium. When we think of insurance as cheap premium and then a high benefit, mm -hmm. right? But this is different because there's a cash value component and there's different types of policies out there, 
So it's the most type, the most amount of premium that goes towards cash value with the least amount of death benefit. The reason being you want the death benefit is because it's tax-free. That's what he's talking about, divorce the IRS, because you can leverage that policy if you guys can look at that infinite banking concept, right? Read the book, How Privatized Banking Works. Read the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? Read the book, um, what is it? Be, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, right? So, so that's the thing is like, it's a different type of strategy and it's, it's going to be different because a lot of people is like, oh, well, it's only equities is the way, only that, right? And so like there are, there's ways to ensure your income. There's ways to ensure your life. There's ways to leverage all these policies. There's ways to have multitasking dollars, right? So we talk about the, okay, we're going to get started on the banking. We're going to get started on the banking. Yes, but but the whole Silicon Valley bank is because or that whole situation happens because banks are just over leveraged in general. They're just over leveraged. If you know what fractional reserve banking is, is you put your money in, they loan out 90% of that money, mm-hmm. right? Credit cards, personal loans, car loans, right? All of those different things, but they're collecting high APR, 17%, 20%, right? But then what do they pay you? 0.01, APY, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the thing is like they're leveraging your money sitting in the bank. So banks are extremely over leveraged, right? Whereas insurance institutions, there's a complete opposite. There's a complete opposite. They have to assess risk. They have to they have to have reserves to pay out death benefits, right? Right. So so that they're they are the most risk averse institutions. So I don't want to go on a rant, but the biggest thing is like. The biggest thing with these banks, man, is just like, like, and a lot of their tier one capital is in life insurance. That's the thing is like, we have a statistic that the number one in, uh, life insurance asset investor is Bank of America, $23 billion. $23 billion in life insurance assets. Yep. Got a pub, public site on our financial list. Wait, 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 wait. A bank has life insurance policies? Yes. On their, on, their, on their workers, their members? or Yes. High-end executives. Okay. It's called bank-owned life insurance, Bully. And then there's corporate-owned life insurance, Bully. So they're... I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So the if I work for the bank yes. and I'm an executive, the bank has my life insurance policy. I don't have it. I don't have to pay on it or whatever. The bank does it for me. Okay, I got it now. Yeah, okay. so okay. the bank, yeah, and then that's the thing where you can get real deep into it because there's corporate corporate life insurance, right? Yeah. And then so, so the thing is where business owners can actually utilize that as a tax write-off, right? Say that one more time for us business owners out there. Yeah. We can do what? You can utilize the premium as a tax write-off. All right, so right? get my life insurance through my business. Got it. Yeah, so it's, so that's, that's the thing, man. And like people don't know there's actual business strategies within this. You can have cash value life insurance. You can leverage the, you, you don't deplete the money in the policy. You borrow against it, mm-hmm. right? Like a HELOC. When you, when you have 500,000 in equity in a home and they give you up to 80%, you have 400,000 that you can take, but do you take the money out of the house? The value, the house, the value of the house is still at 500,000. 
right? But what's held as collateral? The house. If you don't pay back that, they, they take that. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with the cash value life insurance. Like what's held as collateral is that death benefit. So whatever you don't pay back, it's pulled from your death benefit. Okay, that makes more sense because when you use the house as the collateral, you use the debt. You know, life that was it life. Uh, the so the death benefit or no, the no, face no. amount. What, what's it called? The uh, cash value. Cash value. cash value life. I thought the person was the collateral. I'm glad the person's not a collateral. Just take the dead benefits of the Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so I'll give you. So hey, I'm just saying. He, he used the house as collateral before. And now he said, you know, what's collateral when it comes to life insurance? I think of the person. Yeah. Immediately. The right. Bank comes yeah. get you. Yeah. So, this is the thing. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So, say that there's the cash value at $200,000, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a. $500,000 death benefit. So like, okay. Yeah. So say where you're going. Two, two separate entities, right? Yep, so yep. cash value is 200,000, death benefits 500. Right. You borrow 100,000, right? So technically you're borrowing from the insurance institution. Okay. Right. And then it's still going to grow as if you never touched it. So right. That's a side note. But you don't pay back that loan. That $100,000 is pulled from your death benefit. So that turns into 400,000. Okay, so they don't take the whole thing. They just no. take what you owe. Yes. Yeah, so it's probably should say this online right now, but I would probably take it and don't pay it back. Who gives a fuck I about mean, the 400,000 when I'm dead? Yeah, you don't have to, but I mean, yeah. we're always going to teach people to be good stewards of Of, of course, yeah. of course. I'm just thinking in my mind, like, I don't care about the money that I'm going. Yeah, so... And a lot of so while I'm alive, and that's where the multitasking dollars come in, where you borrow against it, put into say some cash flow assets like real estate, yeah, and then pay back the policy with the real estate cash flow, yeah, right, and then all right, yeah, and then from there, right, so now you got money growing inside of the inside of the policy still, and in the real estate, yep, exactly, my man, exactly, my man, right, so okay. so. Okay. So I can go real deep into this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that's Shit. what I do. And uh, we develop these different types of strategies. Um, you can you I work with a lot of business owners. They use it for tax deductions. It's just it's all about developing a holistic strategy and taking a look at the overall financial landscape. That's oh, yeah. all of what it comes down to and how that how this policy can layer in with their other assets. It's not to take you away from, say, your 401k or say your IRA or say your stocks, equities or crypto. Right. right? It's more so to layer in. OK, this is going to be your base. You can leverage this. Maybe when the market is down, just like what it is, you can borrow against it, put it in. Right. I'll give you an example right now. I say I say this all the time. I, I borrowed from my policy to invest into Apple stock. OK. Yeah. Just recently. OK. I hit a price point that I liked. and I just dumped it more so. I'm gonna swing it, I'm gonna sell it, and then I'm gonna put it back into my pockets. Okay. So you flip it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of my listeners know what flipping is. Yeah, flip they it. definitely understand this. Yeah. So so that's that is just all about being able to know about these types of strategies and being able to be open to it, right? And not necessarily and the biggest thing is properly structured. Because like a lot of the times people don't really know what the 
know what, the, what, yeah. what they're doing. You yeah, know? that's a big thing. And you, you mentioned it earlier where we get into these funds or these investments and don't know what we're doing. They just take it out of our paycheck. Exactly. So I'm in the military full time and we got the TSP. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We just put 10, 15 percent of our paycheck every month into the TSP. And no one know how to move it around into the different funds in the TSP unless you actually dive in and do research on it. So, yeah. like, what you guys are doing is something that people need to really look into because I don't want to just put my money, like, I'm doing TSP now, but when I start doing a, a Roth IRA, I want to know where my money's going instead yeah. of just into the pot. Yeah. So, you guys listening, if you have TSPs, if you have IRAs, traditional or Roth or any of the other random funds or, or uh, yeah, the retirement funds you can put your money in. Make sure you get with a financial advisor and figure out when is the right time to move my money from fund to fund so that you can ensure the best growth. Exactly. I think, too, going back, um, just to rewind what you were saying, right? Take that 100 grand out. And then you leave 400 grand behind, right? Well, thing is too, a lot of people see life insurance as something where it's only for your death. Yeah, it should be called death insurance. Exactly. Well, for like a better term, that's what term life insurance is, right? You're betting on yourself to die within the term of what you buy, mm. right? So more of the permanent life insurance strategy, right? Yeah. We use life insurance. We're using it for our life, right. our our living benefit. That's what we use it for, right? That's mm-hmm. what it's called. So that's a big thing where we have to try and break through in or break the mold or break the stigma on a lot of uh, what people have learned on what life insurance is because understanding that you have something that is not susceptible to the downturn in the market for your retirement, right? A 401k, a TSP, whatever, right? Or if we yeah, say just for a 401k. That's connected to market, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people in these last few years had up and a down, and now they're real down, mm-hmm. right? So you lost 20 grand, 12 grand. Personally, I have, right? Well, in that same amount of time, using my um, index universal life insurance policy, right, as a hedge, I never lost any money on the gain. I, I captured the gains of the market. But I never dipped when we had 20 point dips and 20 percent dips um, in the stock market, because that's what's going to happen to your 401k. Right. Because that's what we're stuck with. Right. So, you know, let, you know, as Justin's saying, you know, using it as a hedge, mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean? Making it as you have a zero percent floor, you're not going to lose anything and only gain as the market gains. That's our biggest thing that people we want to educate people on is. And, you know, a lot of people say it's too good to be true, right? Some policies are a 2% guarantee. Yeah, so even if the market tanks, you still get at least 2%. 2% of something is better than negative 20 or something else. Right. Yeah. Or zero if you don't do anything. Exactly. And that's where things, too, is just like everybody wants to, oh, we'll put it off. We'll put it off. The best time to start is well, 20 years ago. Right. But the best time to start is now. Yeah. At least hearing the information and understanding there's more avenues and aspects to put your money in into um, that are safer. Right. You know what I mean? Um, safe assets are, you know, premium. But then you could use it for crypto. Go be a millionaire over 
millionaire off a uh, Dogecoin over a week. Yeah, that's fine. Sad face. <laughs> you know, but that's short money. We need long money. Yeah. Um, just like you said, you know, we said flipping assets, right? Yeah. Even as a business owner, taking money against your policy, right? Mm-hmm. For you, cameras. Yeah. Or whatever equipment. That's going to help you grow your business. Right. Which means increase of profit. Right. We'll put it back into the policy afterwards. We worry about it later. And we grow that again. So, well, we're in our 30s right now. He's not. But <laughs> young, young ass. <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to work for another 30 years. No. If possible, right? Because uh-huh. the whole goal is to have the option to retire when you want. Facts. You know. Not necessarily saying you're going to retire, but the fact of the matter is we all should want the option to. Okay. That's where a lot of people say, oh, I'm not going to retire. I'm working until I'm 70. I don't want to do that. No, not at all. No, not I wanna, at all. I want to be able to enjoy what we set the groundwork in now, later on. I don't want to keep building. Well, I do want to keep building, but I don't want to settle and just be like, oh, okay, I'll be done four years down the line. I'm cool. My body hurts too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I want to eat these fruit while it's run. Exactly. I don't want to wait till I'm in a hospital bed to enjoy an apple. Mm-hmm. You know That's I mean? true. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done with what we do. Um, business owners, stuff called, you know, he can get into it a little bit more. He's a little bit more versed in, like, what's an executive bonus plan. Yeah. You know, where you as a business owner can open up a policy on your business or your, you know, LLC, C-Corp, whatever. Is that, um, that's not the life insurance stuff anymore. Is this business insurance or is that different? So it's leveraging the cash value life insurance policy. Okay. Right. But so there's, there's going to be a difference. There's two different entities, right? So there's going to be the owner of the policy. There's going to be the insured. Usually people are both. Are yeah, usually people just individuals are both owner okay. and insured. Got right? it, got it, got it. So now if we separate owner and insured, it's gonna the owner would be the entity, which is the business. Okay. And then the insured would be the executive. Okay. So so whatever uh or whatever premium the business pays, the LLC is tax deductible for the business, right? So now that individual, right? Say you pay yourself a salary, I don't know, like what, 20. 30,000. I don't know. Okay. Right. And then like, say the premium uh, is $10,000. Okay. Right. So then that $10,000 goes towards the executive. That $10,000 is now tax deductible to the business. So the executive get 10K or is added to the taxable income. Right. But this is where we get deep into it because there's the double bonus arrangement to where the revenue of the business can also pay off, reimburse the taxes that the person paid. Yes. All right. So all the people listening to this right now, if you're confused as I am, I will leave uh, Justin and Brandon's information in the show notes. Hit them up and get on there. <laughs> get scheduled with them to get some more in-depth uh, knowledge on this. Uh, yeah. Because my mind is pretty much blown right now. I have no idea what you just said. To yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. So, so pretty much... <laughs> We do this a lot. Yeah. So pretty much it's tax deductible. The individual gets that that premium is added to the taxable income. So I have to pay taxes on it again. So no, so look, so it's tax deductible for the business. 
right? Okay. So you can deduct $10,000 from the business. Okay. So now that individual that's added to their taxable income, but there's the double bonus arrangement. There's two ways you can do it. You can borrow the cash value. You can borrow the cash value from the policy to uh -huh. reimburse the person who paid the taxes. Okay. Or you can, based off the revenue of the business, can pay them back as well. And that's another tax deductible uh, type of payment to the individual. Okay. So layman's terms, you're my boss. Yes. You take the 10K. You write it off on your taxes. Yeah. For the business. For the business. I get the money, whatever's left over from the 10K, because it's going to be taxed when I get it. And you give me whatever I paid in taxes back to me so I get the full 10K. Yes. Okay. I'm smart. Yes. Yes. So it's a little bit more extensive than that, but yes, essentially. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, essentially. But uh, it's, um, it's definitely a, a much more advanced type of strategy. You would have to talk with the business owner, have to talk about revenues, talk about what makes sense, all of those different things. And so, get a financial advisor to do it for you. Don't try to do that yourself. Yeah. So it, it's get just, an expert. People. It, it's going to be a little bit more extensive just because um, working with different types of business owners, everyone has different goals that they want to mm -hmm. meet. Right. And a lot of the times the executives is themselves, you know? Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a yeah. company of one. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. so take your example, instead of saying that he's the boss. Yeah. You're the boss. Right. Right. So now you've doubled down on the tax deduction. Think about that. Oh, so I I write it off as the business and then I write it off as on my personal taxes too when I do them at the end of the year because right? That's, that was uh, you would actually have to pay additional taxes to that, but or no, like so so say that business it's too much tax. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's, it's tax free, right? So regardless, it's tax free. So um, it's tax deductible, right? Go to the individual, whatever you pay yourself, right, mm -hmm. from the business. Okay. So then, say you made twenty k. I don't know. That's I don't fine. Know, that's fine. Twenty k. Then, I wish. <laughs> then, <laughs> we'll then, then, uh, then you then you get that ten thousand dollar premium. So that's added to your taxable income. Right. So that would be 30K for the year as an individual. OK. Right. So now the additional taxes that you paid uh, would couldn't be reimbursed by the business. Right. Right. Yeah. Either through the loan of the policy or through the revenue of the business. Got it. And guess what? That's another tax deduction. So we're getting we're getting really deep. Right. And then so now I'll give you uh, another example too. another way to like. It's, and this is crazy to me too. It's like there's an individual, his name is Devin Burr. He oh. uses this strategy. He uses the Burr method. He's in real estate, but he also leverages whole life insurance for infinite banking. Right. So what he does from his policy, he loans the policy to his business. Business gets a car, leases a car. Whatever interest that they pay, tax, deduct tax deductible. And he pays all the interest back into the policy. Okay. Yeah. So it's like it's it just gets real deep when it comes to actual strategy. Uh, this is what it comes down to. It's just actually. I like this. This is like you said earlier in the podcast. This is what 
we never knew coming up for years and years. This is how the rich continue to stay rich and make their own rich earth. Yeah. yeah. And so without passing on that knowledge to the people who could have benefited from it. And so this is the thing too, is like the Rockefellers, you think about that. He's uh he, he has a family office. So he has a tax advisor, he has an insurance advisor, he has an investment advisor, he has a state planner, lawyers, all that, right? So he has a team of people that he works with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have a lot of we have a team of people that we work with as well, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we got some accountants that we work with. We got some realtors that we work with. Yeah. Right. So it's just a matter of holistically looking at everything and helping people stay in alignment with what their goals is, right? And it's you can't make uh you can't make long-term decisions off short-term emotion. Oh man. You're bringing up another conversation from earlier, but I will leave that one off with the show. Yeah, so so you can't make long-term decisions off short-term emotions. So, like, a lot of the times people get so emotional about... Uh... <laughs> no. You know what? I will go into it. Before you people, um, especially you guys, make these long-term decisions in your life, whether that be money, women... If you're in the men, that too. Uh, purchases, whatever. You should probably please yourself and see if you still feel the same way. Because a lot of times we have this post-pleasure clarity where we think, hey, that was not a good idea. I shouldn't do it or I'm glad I didn't do it. Yeah. So before you make an important decision, take care of business and then talk to your, your advisor. But that was a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> we really had that conversation at the gym. Yeah. Um, and that that's I mean, that's the biggest thing is like people are, you just gotta stay disciplined, gotta be a stu- good steward of your money, right? You can't it's like uh Brandon says this all the time. Money is not emotional, right? You wanna talk on that? Yeah, I mean. You know, we, we were talking one day and I came up with money is not emotional because everybody has this emotional attachment to money. Mm. You need to see money as something that just flows in and out. Okay. And not your identity. yeah, it's not your identity. It is just a vehicle of which we use it to, you know, make our life sustainable. So to have that emotional, full emotional attachment to money where everybody is, oh, I need this. I need that. I need, you know, which... A lot of people are because what they're consumers. Yeah. I need new J's. I need new clothes. You know what I mean? I need the new jeans. Xavier, I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> your your attachment to money is so that you can get stuff. Yeah. But instead, we need to take that emotion of what we put on our stuff and put it into what we can invest in for our life. So we take the emotion out and we actually see it as a, a just an even steady flow. Yeah. Be like water. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Money's always gonna come, money's always gonna go. That makes sense. But you can't you can't stop the tide, right? Yeah. In or out. But it's where you put the out. Yeah, it, it, it it's where you put the out, right? Yeah. You, you you can I don't want to blow it on cameras and you know, strippers and blow. I want to put it into something that's gonna make me money. Exactly. That way so that it lessens my emotion on it all. I'm not stressed over it. Makes perfect sense because you're fucking talking to me right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm I stressed over the money and 
worrying about when I'm going to get more coming in and out and all of that. But if my money's making money, I'm not emotional. You shouldn't have to be. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of people are that way. I grew up that way. And I don't do strippers or blow. So that was just an, uh, uh, a metaphor. For you. Uh, you know, put it this way. You're younger. You might have sold some things, right? Possibly for Maybe, other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People might have sold, sold things, right? But what they do it for so they can get new rims and a new sound system. Yeah. And they want to beat so that they can have a little, little scraper that I can hear from down the block. Yeah. That's emotion. Yeah. Because they're seeing everybody else and what everybody else got. So that's evoking an emotion. Right. 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 You take that emotion out of it and say, okay, let me put it towards me. And looking within myself and what I need to do to advance myself in the world. And then you don't worry about it as much. Makes sense. You know, makes perfect sense. Well, now what's the phrase again? Money's not emotional. Money is not emotional. Don't take my hashtag now. Hashtag <laughs> money's not emotional. I like it. Yeah. But I don't know how I missed that. What? On your post, like when you post stuff, I don't remember seeing the hashtag. Yeah, I just thought about putting it in there. Oh, okay. I'm about to say. <laughs> I put divorce to bank, divorce to put divorce to IRS, but money's not emotional. That's just something that we've been talking. We tell clients all the time, right? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, people, people identify way too much with money. It's like they think that money is a rep- like represent, representing how they are or how good they are, how good of a person or how wealthy they are, right? Like it's it's just you're not how should I put this? You're not your money and your money isn't you. Yes. Yeah. Money does not make the person. Like yes, you you might have a little bit of debt, but that doesn't mean like you can't change that. Right. Uh, you gotta look at your situation and say, okay, what can I do right now that I can control, put one step forward and get me to a better uh or move me forward essentially. Right. Like that's the thing. It's like people have all this debt. They're embarrassed. They're this, they're that. But man, like just understand, like you're you're okay. You know, money, like you weren't taught these things. So mm-hmm. now moving forward, you're gonna have that growth mindset. Right. Right. Rather than a fixed mindset. So it's like if you're dwelling on the past, you're not going to be that's not gonna serve you at, at the end of the day. Yeah, don't make the same mistakes more than once either. Exactly. And to go off what you're saying, too, everybody out there, not all debt is bad. Okay. Hmm. Excuse me. Explain that, please. All right. So everybody see everybody is taught that debt is something you don't want. Right. Okay. But if you are taking out. Okay. Say, for instance, you have credit card debt. Okay. Credit card debt runs you about what? 17. 19% interest, 20 sometimes, 20, 22%. Yeah. Right. So say you have some way or means, right? Say, if we'll call it a 401k. Yeah. Okay. You have access to up to 50% of that. Right. You can use that to pay off your credit card. Okay. Right? So now debt is still there, of course. Mm-hmm. But that 20% debt that you just took care of, now you're paying yourself back. Call it 8%. Okay. And that 8% is now gaining towards your account, depending on who you're with and who your 401k is with. Right. So now you're just paying yourself back. 
I would rather owe myself, have debt to myself for my future okay. than paying a big bank that don't give a shit, you know, and don't give a shit about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they always say big bank take little bank, right? Yeah. What if I, what yeah. about little bank taking their shit back and make it their own, you know, their own issue? Big bank won't like that. Big bank don't like that. That's why big bank don't like what we're talking about. But big bank has bank on life insurance. Like you said, 23 billion for Bank of America. Chase has what was it? Uh, who I personally bank with. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 billion, of which they have in life insurance policies too. Yeah. So okay. all your big banks, they do what we do. They just don't like us knowing. And yeah, there's a, a site that, that you can see proof of this as well, too. It's called bullycoley.com. All right. So Bully Coley. Bully Coley. All right. Okay. okay. So it's bank owned life insurance, corporate owned life insurance. All right. So, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. um, it's another site where you can I mean, essentially banks and corporations leverage the life insurance policy, mm-hmm. right? It's specifically for them. Right. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's just all about becoming your own bank essentially and creating your own ecosystem, having that multitasking dollars. Right. Okay. Cause that's the thing is like, that's what the banks do. Right. So they take your money, they loan it out and they collect their interest. Why don't you do the same? You know, like, why, why can't we take back the, the banking function? That's essentially what would we would be doing, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I know one thing I've heard of, um, the only people I've seen do it was a Jewish community where they, uh, they pull their money together and allow their own people to take loans interest free from it to do whatever they want to do. And I don't know why more communities don't do stuff like that. If it's what I hear, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And that's to me, that sounds like uh creating your own bank, if you will. Yeah. And so so now you layer in with what you're saying, interest free and all that. You layer in privately designed trust or specially designed trust, like irrevocable life insurance trust. There's there's different types. Simple trust depends on how many assets that you have. Mm-hmm. So that way, like you're taking your name out of it and the trust owns it. Okay. Right. And so there's a lot of the times actually people put a lot of their stocks and their equities inside of a trust. They they avoid, not evade, avoid taxes, capital gains tax. Yeah. Right. So it's just that's that's where you get into the real, real wealth strategies where you have like millions of dollars of assets trust yeah trust that's going to be and so that what would the rockefellers do that's what uh they talk about that trust in there they talk about all of these different things what you can do inside of the trust and how you can have a board of trustees mm-hmm. and so say your daughter or your son or maybe even your grandson wants to take a loan from the trust okay so the board of trustees this decides whether or not it's going to be good say like, hey this is my idea i want to take a loan from our bank I want to invest into a business or I want to start this business. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So they go to the board of trustees and they say, okay, so present this to me. How would you present this business? What's your business plan? Yeah. Right. And then based off that, they decide whether or not they want to give them that loan. And then guess what? They have a life insurance policy on them, passes away. It replenishes the trust since they give it out that loan. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's getting, that's getting deep. Right. <laughs> I wish more people or more communities would do that because 
everything you just said makes perfect sense to me. Like instead of starting a business from ground up, it would be nice to have a pool of money to be able to borrow from. That's that's where you get the the trust fund babies, right? Yeah, the trust fund babies where they have, you know, yeah. Every, everybody talks shit about them, like oh, you the trust fund kid. But isn't that yeah. our goal? You had to hand it. Of course, isn't it is. Goal to provide it's wealth. Right yeah. is our goal. Like, I would not want my sons to have to 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 get it out the mud like I did to start a business from scratch or not be able to pay for college or anything. Yeah. There's no knock on my parents and grandparents, but they didn't know any better, but we do. So who gives a fuck if the person was a trust fund kid or not? Always give your children a leg up in life. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this too, man, is like people need to know there's ways to leverage these strategies. Like, like last week at church, my pastor talked about, him leveraging his life insurance policy to invest into the church. Nice. Now that church is massive. Nice. I'm talking about looking like a college campus. Massive. Hey. Yeah. So he invested 42,000 from his policy, you know? And so it's like to start up his church and now look at it. It's huge. Like it's crazy, you know, but I'll leave names out of it, but it's, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful church. Yeah. And so, and then, to your point, we want to leave something for our kids, right? Of course. You can let, so the, the traditional way a lot of people use is the 529. 529 is a college account that is specifically used, you know, for lack of a better term, for college education, right? Mm-hmm. But there are certain stipulations where sometimes you won't be able to sell, say, you know, little D wants to go to trade school instead. Okay. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Make a whole lot of money. You know, actual hardworking trade, yeah. right? But that five twenty nine might not pay for it. Ah, uh. so there's stipulations upon that, right? It might not pay for you know non traditional four year whatever college. Right? Okay. So flip that on its head, right? So there we use what's called a index universal life insurance policy, right? Okay. Very flexible, but. If you start into it with compound interest and everything like that, uh-huh. like say for my son, I started with, okay? He can use that if he wants to go to college. He can use it if he wants to go to grade school. You know, he, okay. he can use it for whatever educational aspect he wants. Because it doesn't have that stipulation on it. Exactly. But here's a beautiful thing. I'm the owner of it. So if I need... If I need anything, you know, emergency money, and I can, of course, replenish it afterwards. But if I need emergency money, I own it on him so I can use it. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So, like, he wants a car, right? You better damn well save up for that car. But if I tell you I'll match you on it, three stacks, three stacks, well, why not just use the money that's already been working for me? That's technically, yes, his. So, technically, he's buying his own car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds better than uh, the 529 because 529, right? Yes. Yeah, it sounds better than that because that's the, my mom would, let's say she would have done that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even go to college okay. right out of high school. So that would have been a waste of money because you can't use it for anything else, right? Yeah. I mean, now you get penalized on tax. Yeah. So you take it out and you have to pay all gains and everything like that. Yeah. Now there's a new stipulation coming over that if, say, your child does not go to college. Yeah. I believe it is if they are beneficiary of it, um, you know, don't quote me on this guy, but 
I know that there was something new that came out that if they didn't go to college and they're the beneficiary of it, they can roll it over into, I believe, an IRA. Okay. They can, right? But why would you want to go through all that hassle? Yeah. And you're probably going to get taxed on that and mm-hmm. lose some money and all roll of that. The tax and everything. But you're still like, you know, even if you roll it over to take it out of that IRA, you still got to pay taxes. Yeah. Okay. So you have an IUL strategy where we have this account. You take that loan against it, tax free. I already paid taxes on putting the money in. Yeah. yeah. Why am I going to pay taxes again? Like you just had a post. What's the biggest farce to, or what's the biggest bullshit that we've ever, you know, um, getting taxed on the money we make, mm-hmm. paying taxes on what we buy, and exactly. paying taxes on what we own with the money that we was already taxed on that we made mm-hmm. on top of the taxes for whatever it was that we bought that we know. Exactly. Yeah, so tax on tax on tax. So why don't we pay taxes one time, put it into cash value life insurance account? Yeah. And then That's the pay taxes no more. That's the way to go. You know, now keep in mind we have to make sure they're properly structured. There's because there's things called like a, a MEC, modified endowment clause, where then now you put too much into it because there are a little bit of uh, limitations on what you put in. Okay. It has depending to be. On face, yeah, cool. Depending on the face amount, depending on all those different things and what you like, it has to be in alignment with what your goals are. Okay. And what your budget is and all that. And we design these for max max cash value. Like max growth, we had, we structure the death benefit so low to a point where it's like you look at the death benefit, it's like what you know. So it's just it's all about proper structure and one code that you want to look up. Tax code is seven seven zero two eight. You can put it in tax free. You can grow tax free. You can take it out tax free. You can transfer tax free. Seven seven zero two eight. So that's they they used to call these plans seven seven zero two plans. Right, just because of that tax code. So that's the thing. Uh, you have to understand that there are certain tax codes in certain tax codes that allow you to grow this money tax. Okay. So um, my listeners probably thinking you said, um, shit, what was it? What? Something you just said before the tax codes. My brain just dumped on me. Uh, it's just the uh, like lowest amount of facing it. Oh, yeah. right. So um, when you structure the plan, you put the debt benefits as little as possible to maximize the life benefits. Yeah, the cash value. Yeah. Let's say I make the policy on myself. Right. So I have these, uh, I have little debt benefits. Like right now, I have 500,000 mm-hmm. debt my family gets if I die. Let's say if this was a, a, a cash value life insurance policy. I would minimize, let's say it's a $500 policy. My debt benefits would be 25K. The other 470 is for life where we could borrow against and do all kinds of things with. When I die, does my family still get the money that's in the life part? In the cash value? Yeah. Or do they only get the debt benefits? So in the index, so it depends on the policy. Okay. Index, universal life. Yeah, so in the... Index universal life, it has to be a specific option. Okay. There's two types of options. There's option A and option B. So level death benefit and option B is increasing death benefit. Okay. All right. So option B, you're gonna allow to have the cash value and the death benefit. So it just has to be again very, how you structure it. How you structure it. Okay. So now now if it's an option A, you just get the death benefit. 
or if it's a whole life, it's just you just get the death penalty. Okay. Right. So it just depends. Right. So like yes, so yes and no. Right. It just all depends on proper structure, the type of policy, and what the goals are. Right. So yeah. Oh, and to your point as well. Um your surrender value, your cash value cannot exceed death penalty. That's yeah. where that's where I wait, think. Wait, 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 what? So the death benefit cannot be lower than your cash value. Because then that makes it taxable. You have to have life insurance a more yeah. than what you are have access to. Okay. So flip it around, you would have 500 grand in death benefit. 500 grand in? Um, probably about, yeah, four, three, four. Got it. Because, like, like I said, some of it has to go to increase that death benefit got it, got so it, that your cash it. value doesn't. So, so when you die, your people are still getting something. Oh yeah. So what you're saying is, if I know I'm terminally ill, I should blow all the cash value life. No, because they're gonna take it away from the, the death benefits. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay, it makes sense now. So you can't have a little bit of death benefits and a lot of life yeah. because you need to be able to have that collateral to pay yeah. the life. Uh, Damn, what? Uh, you learning now. Let's go. Hey, I just felt like one of my guys got a knockout in the cage. <laughs> I'm hype. Okay, it makes sense now. It yeah. makes perfect sense now. Okay, my brain just kick-started again. The coffee is kicking in. There you go. Sometimes you got to shut down to come back up. You know, you restart your computer every just once reboot, in a while. Just reboot. That's yeah, right. Just a quick reboot. Like yeah. you know, like for practical terms, like so Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah, he was the ex-coach yeah. of the Niners. Now he's at Michigan. I'm not sure if he's moving somewhere else, but he took 14 million dollars of his salary yeah. contract, and he told Michigan put it into cash value life insurance policy. Right, right. So they took that 14 million and put it in there. That's gonna grow, it's gonna grow tax free, whatever. And he said to Michigan, "Y'all can have a 14 million back when I die." But how much is he eating off of after that 14 million gets all that interest? Yeah. That's not going to be taxed. Yeah. Smart man. Exactly. One thing I want to note, because these cash value life insurance policies do provide income for life, right? So based off that article that he's talking about, uh, he gets one to two million a year for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, Just like passively. So. So that's the thing is like these can generate another income stream. You can use it for discretionary. That's income. real passive income. Yeah, you can use it for discretionary income. It just depends on what role you want it to play in your portfolio. Maybe you have a lot of assets already. You want it to be some of your discretionary money, your claim money. Yeah. Right. Or maybe you want it to be like 30% to hedge against off any of uh, taxes or anything like that. Right. It just what role do you want it to play in your policy? That's or in your portfolio. All right. right. So that's, that's going to be the biggest thing is what role you want it to play. It's either going to be a big portion, 30, 40% of your portfolio, or it can be 10%. It's just like, how could we fill those gaps in the financial planning that you have? That makes sense. You know? So that's what it is. Um, essentially. Right. And uh, yeah, these it's people need to know about it. There's like I said, there's a stigma, mm-hmm. right. And so it's just that, oh, like everyone says, oh, it's just life. But there's like a lot of different firms. I'm not going to say names. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of different 
firms out there that do things differently and and uh some people haven't had the best experience with that yeah right so it's like you just got to know who you're talking to and asking the right questions right probably structured you might get the lowest amount of death benefit. Like we just sat with someone yesterday that's you know it's going to set up their kids for life you know so it's just like well, i'm coming to you guys yeah that's so, belief so like you know um yeah go ahead no go ahead Brandon. Yeah. so he's saying set up for life right He's a newborn, well, toddler and newborn. Right? Yeah. Two-year-old. Set up for life at $75 a month. Yeah, that's very doable. Exactly. And the thing is, too, a lot of people will have a bad taste in their mouth or a bad experience because the people they talk to, I want you to put $500 a month in there. That's not doable for everybody. No, it's not. But like a retirement account, you could build up as you get more financially stable uh-huh. you don't have to go put in that 500 and max fund immediately if that's not in your not in your budget right and that's where a lot of people they you know we've both seen it where a lot of people look at it and it was like you put that much in there and you get this much back i uh, you know I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example a personal example right me and my boy we started our iuls four days apart okay. he went with someone else and i went with justin Right. And this is part of the reason why I started joining this business, too, is because I or this financial space is because there's real value. Okay, So he has had it for the same amount as me, putting the same amount um, per month in premium. And I have four times the amount of cash value. So who set that up, first of all? And why are you trying to fuck people over? Right. So you could get a check. Right. That ain't right for us. Like we are here for a service to people because we can help people. I don't, you know, I got a day job. It's cool. If I can help you instead, everything else will fall in line. Right. Right. So, you know, and and that's another thing too. Being at Train for Life, working with um our fighters and people who want to pursue that dream, or you know, my wife. She's a hairstylist and makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Shout out uh, Sheer Beauty. Same uh, <laughs> uh, shameless plug. Nah, no shame. No shame. <laughs> I don't plug, plug all you people. Holler at her, ladies, mm-hmm. gentlemen, whatever. Anyway, um, they don't have retirement plan. Right. Like I said, do we really want to work until we're 70, 80 years old? Nah. You know what I mean? Fighters, y'all got a shelf life. All right. 20 years max. 20 years max. If you're some, yeah. And some of that's Amy where you ain't getting paid. Right. So be as smart with your money and understand you got to put some of that, you know, your fight win bonuses. If you know, if you're winning, you got to put some of that away. Make sure you are taken care of. If you have goals, you want to buy your parents a house. Well, you got to start somewhere by putting money away and letting it work for you. You're working your ass off while you're fighting, you're training. Consistently, yep. yep. hopefully, you know, some people don't, you know, some people don't work unless you know they sign for a fight. But we know people, you know, our guys, they work year round, so they're ready at any point in time. Well, you're doing all that hard work. Why don't you let your money do that hard work for you without yeah. worrying about it? Yeah, and if you get the bug to gamble instead of putting that money in the slots, tables, or on fights, put it in a fucking investment account and gamble that way. It's still a gamble, but you are probably more guaranteed to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. these guys 
in setting up this cash value life insurance policy over at. Yeah, we're, ours is not a gamble. Oh, ours is definitely not a gamble. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gambling, but we we betting with the house's money. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent, we winning. We winning. Well, guys, we are uh up a little bit late here. Yeah. Uh, the, the the room we're in, we're way past our uh schedule time slot so it's all good before they before they kick us out we're gonna go ahead and wind down on the show um yeah great information much appreciated i'm pretty sure uh, if you guys listening um want more uh we can't give you a lot more because this stuff does come with a fee um i bring these guys back justin and brandon um but i thank you for the knowledge both of you for the information uh it's greatly appreciated i like to end every show with five questions uh no explanation at all just whatever i ask give me your answer okay. uh we're gonna we're gonna start off like this so i'm gonna go justin first okay and people not watching we only have two mics so they're kind of mm-hmm. passing the mic in between each other so i'm gonna go justin pass the mic Brandon answered. Brandon answered. Pass it back like that. All right. Favorite vacation spot? Ooh, probably Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. Oahu. Of course. Why? 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 I knew you would probably say Hawaii. I knew you would say Hawaii. All right. Favorite money strategy? OnlyFans. No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite money strategy? It has to be for me personally. Uh. IULs. Okay. IUL is what? Index Universal Life. Um, it's a policy. Okay. Or it's a type of policy. All right. Okay. Specializing. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, I'm gonna say multiple things. So I'm gonna say only one. Only one. Only one. Oh. Layering. Uh, <laughs> layering. Uh, whole life. And IUL. Okay. So right. you so you snuck two in because you made them fuse like yeah. Dragon Ball Z. All yeah, right. yeah. Uh favorite self-care thing to do. How does Justin take care of Justin? Jim. Jim. Everyone knows I'm I'm a gymaholic. Love it. Therapeutic for me. Okay. And sauna, uh, weights, all that. I feel it. Martial arts. Yes. Gotta be. Not that I don't like working out, but I like strangling people. Oh, man, I love kicking people in the head. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes you got to get hit, too. Oh, yeah. You're going to get hit in, oh, yeah. in every every art. <laughs> I just showed them I'm missing, too. That Sonny knocked out. Hi, Sonny. Favorite book? Ooh. Favorite book. Any genre, anything. It don't have to be about money. If you want to throw it in about money and investments, you can. It'll be the line, you know. Some- Why you gonna defer? No, 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 no. Can I go with two? Come on, give me two, give me two, give me two. I'll give you two. I'll give you two as well. All right. For me personally, it didn't have to do anything with money. Okay. Uh the Kobe Bryant book. Okay. Which one? I forgot what it's called. It's the, the big ass one with all the pictures. But okay. It shows mindset, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got the little purple one. That's why I was asking which one. I forget the name of. Yeah, it. I got a big ass, you know, hardcover in there. Yeah, he was my favorite player. Okay. So, um, that and then um, Bruce Lee's what, what is it called? Uh, the way you Kondo. Is that the one? Maybe. I Maybe know. I gotta look that one up. Okay. I'll look it up real quick. 
but those two because okay. it's all mindset understanding your craft yeah because i am very uh i respect people that take time to hone their craft right i'm that same way so yeah. those two people and those two books for sure makes sense yeah so right now man i got a lot i'm already on my fifth book of the year okay. through march okay yeah so i'm like he reads ladies yeah yeah so um i think the first one probably would be the power of one more by ed Milet. okay power of one more and then if we're gonna go financial since we're doing two uh tony robbins money master of the game yeah okay that's a good one yeah that's a good one all right last question i know you do do you drink <laughs> yeah I'm that's not, not that's not that's not the question <laughs> but i'm asking do you drink um i have i do drink okay all right so every so often five guests that you would like to sit around the table and have a cocktail or whatever you drink and discuss whatever you want to discuss. Oh, okay. Five. Dead or alive? Or Dead or alive. Okay. You know, it does not have to be people you know, because nine times out of ten, they're going to show up at your house anyway. Yeah. So. So Kobe. Okay. One. Okay. Um, definitely Kobe Bryant. Always inspired me uh, to work hella hard. Um, number two. Shoot. Probably uh, Ed Milet, for sure. And then number three, Elon Musk. Okay. Uh, number four, Tupac. No, oh. definitely Tupac. It's an interesting room now. Yeah, and then number five would probably be. Let me see. Andy Frisella. Okay. Yeah, Andy Frisella. B. Oh, five drinking. Oh, yeah, five drinking guests. Not to get hammered with, but just we like a, get hammered. Just like a thirsty Thursday, you're hanging out discussing some stuff. Awesome Hennessy, okay. Um <laughs> anything possible. Anything's always possible. So Kobe for sure. Okay. Bruce gotta be there. Who's Bruce? Bruce, Bruce Lee. Okay. Uh, the Bruce Bruce or who you, you last name? Um you said five? Five. Best Walt name. Disney. Damn. I need to know. I need to know what 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 inspired you to make this global brand. Okay. I and see. how did you let all that Nazi stuff go into your uh, early cartoon? Oh, and, oh I got I got to know. I got to know. Um, I gotta have Uncle Manny there. Pac, yeah, Pac Man. I'm asking for last names, and you still not giving them. Now you you gonna get who you gonna get? <laughs> and then the last one. know what i want gary vd there gary v okay. gary vd uh part of the reason why i started doing the pt stuff and everything my whole goal was to be athletic trainer for the lakers okay he was there from magic to kobe yeah he developed different taping methods and everything so that kobe could keep playing you know he he's seen it all seen all the stars and everything and he has an outlook on life plus he can give me insight into what jerry bus was thinking okay Crazy old man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, probably those five. Okay. Well, thank you guys again. Um, everyone listening, look down in the show notes. 
I will have links to uh, their various social medias and websites for you guys to get in contact with them, set up some cash value life insurance policies and layer that with other investment strategies, you know, fuse them all together, bands, portal earrings, however you want to do it. <laughs> Let's get this financial generational wealth going for our families. And until next time. Oh, yeah. Well. Thank you. Oh, thank me. Thank you. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we thank, appreciate you. Man. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, we appreciate it. You know, we want to get the word out. We want to educate people. We want to give back to the community. That's what all we want to do is serve. So yeah, I appreciate it. And we'd love to be on again. If you oh, yeah. Us. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely would be a repeat guest. And thank you guys for being my first, like, in-person podcast oh, yeah. interview. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I've always done them over Zoom. This is uh, it's pretty fun to actually see the people you're talking to in person. You know what I mean? But uh, so we'll have some drinks. Oh. Sure. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Kicking It With Devo podcast. Peace. Yay. Damn, bro, that was good.